I don't want to play any more games. I'm all ganged out. <laughs> do, you, do you know what, babes? I think you look. I think you look right fit. Let's go out, babes. Yeah. I I bought these pants on Amazon. Hold on, that was almost Australian at the end. The way I did that. That's a tough accent. I do yeah. love. I love. It like, just per- goes back to that that uh, uh, TikTok that we all that you and I both love, where she. Um, I forget who it is, but she goes, maybe I should ask her what her beliefs are. Because oh. maybe when I'm... When I was younger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's... When I was younger, was I baptised? Yeah. No, not baptised, you were christened. <laughs> was I? Okay, so I've okay, so been baptised. I believe in God. <laughs> maybe I should have talk with Faith and ask her what her beliefs are. Because maybe I'm beliefic. <laughs> You had me at... Hell no! Hello, and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No! I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. And this is our podcast where we try to figure out why we love movies that hate us so much. So much. Uh, we dive into the romance genre, rom-coms, dramas, erotic thrillers. Love uh, an erotic thriller. Much love like, it. Much like the film we're going to do today. Almost. Oh, that's not... This is less an erotic thriller in the way that, like... Basic Instinct is an erotic thriller, right. you know? I mean, or like Sharon's, Fatal Attraction. Sharon Stone's bits are not in this film. No, well, Sharon Stone's not in this film. Right, and neither are her bits. No. Poor, poor Sharon. Anyway. <laughs> She's doing all right. Melanie, uh, shall we jump into the movie right away? I guess. I mean, I don't have any new horror movies to talk about. Do you have any new action movies that you want to talk about? Not really. I'm, right. I'm kind of. We're both taking a break. When those are the typically the genres that we watch to like turn our brains off. Yeah, ones but that we I, prefer over romance. But I well, mean, like to. Ugh. I think this is my. Uh, I'm gonna make a statement, and Melanie, uh. you can disagree if you want. But this is what I think. Maybe not a statement, but like I think this might be it. I think we like those genres because we don't have to get as invested. We can. Those are easier for us to turn our brain off. With, like, a rom-com or a romance situation, whether we like it or not, we're invested. We care. They toy with our emotions in a way that, like, Fast and Furious isn't going to do to us. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does make sense. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily feel exactly the same way, but, like, yeah, there are other, there are horror movies that I don't get invested in. And namely, those are, like, the old ones, the the ones that are so bad that they're fun ones. But I, I'm a person who gets really invested in, like, all TV and film that I consume and books. Mm-hmm. Like, I get super duper invested all the time. Yeah, but for me, romance is just so much more frustrating because it's just feelings that I don't – I am not okay. Um, <laughs> I'd n- no oh, one no. would ever know this about me I, from listening to the unlock? podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. You've what unlocked unlock? some. <laughs> we haven't even the, started abort, yet. Abort. Abort. <laughs> abort. 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 <laughs> no, I'm just not. No, a very, I want like, you to express yourself. Sorry. Thank before. you, babe. No, I'm just not a very like emotional person up front. So like watching movies that force me to confront my emotions about things that I don't like talking about, namely romance. Uh, it's not my scene. I get hooked. I'm similar. I get hooked, but I get very... Uh, my emotional bandwidth is um, not limited. I get, like, too invested. Even if I know things are going to work out, the time in between when the conflict happens and when the thing works out stresses me out. Mm, mm. That makes um, sense. That's accurate for you. Like, I'll be watching a sitcom. I'll watch Parks and Rec, and I'm like, I don't want to see Leslie Nope have to deal with this. When that's that's the whole show. <laughs> She's gonna deal with it, babe. Anyway, we didn't watch any of those today. No. Today we're talking about a classic, and we are finally talking about a king. Oh. 
by the name of Patrick Swayze. Patrick! Rest in peace, so, Patrick Swayze. Truly a king of our time. A hero, an angel, a king. Because uh, today we're talking about ghosts! Yes! We need... Okay, we <sighs> needed to take a break from Twilight. We needed, needed to. It, it's just so fucking I, stupid. It's it's not even that it's stupid. It's just... We're tired. We're tired. What if we watched something where people loved each other and it was nice? You know? Yeah. 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 What if Whoopi Goldberg was there? You know? <sighs> and that's what this movie provided for us. This um, movie, okay, I have. This movie is great. This is such a good movie. This was an Oscar-nominated film too. It um, won. Whoopi Goldberg won for this movie. Yeah, she won Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Well deserved, I think. Well deserved. Um, well deserved. This, although that category was stacked. Yeah. If it went to anybody that year, it would have been like hell yeah. But like she, they was like, oh, this is her movie. This I, is her yeah. movie. This. All right. Let's anyway. just get into it, because if you okay, first of all, if for listeners. If you haven't seen Ghost, go see it. Turn this off. Go watch it. It's, it's girl. It's on. It's on YouTube right now. Yeah, for, for free. free. Go watch it. It is. Go to your local movie rental place and rent it. It's yeah. so good. It it genuinely is a good movie. The romance is good. The stakes make sense. The acting is incredible, and the story is interesting. Yes, it's also funny and charming, and like there are, like Melanie said, there are stakes, there are consequences. You care about what happens in this movie. Um, also, there's that shot at the beginning where you think it's it's revealed that it was like shot through a mirror, like you're actually looking at a reflection in a mirror. Yes. Oh. Very very good. Yes, we oh. love it. Um. All right, so this movie, should we begin? Okay, so it's... Um... Yeah, so basic basic plot rundown, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze... Uh, Plays Sam. Sam Wheat. And, and he's mm-hmm. an inv- basically uh, an investment banker. He works for a bank or something. This mm-hmm. is like 1990, big computers, big hair, big suits we love. Mm-hmm. And love. love, love, love. He works at the bank with his best friend, Carl. And Played by Tony Goldwyn. Very... Ooh, what a babe. Both of them. I mean, a for real, a yeah, babe. Both of them He's super, so super hunky dudes. Tony, I know we'll get to this, but, but never mind. We'll get to it. But a babe. But like two straight up hunks. Yeah. These are hunks. Abraham Lincoln 5000s. Babes. And yeah. then, uh, but and Sam is with another great babe, Demi Moore, who plays Oof. Molly. This haircut is heaven. She's got short hair. This is what I want. She this looks is what incredible. I want. She looks but I also incredible. don't look like Demi Moore. I don't want them not a Demi Moore. But this haircut works. Nobody, I mean, quite frankly, nobody looks like Demi no, Moore. No one looks like, like no. even her kids. They, yeah, they they're look beautiful. More like Bruce Willis. Beautiful, beautiful young girl, beautiful young girls. Yeah. But like, they no one's like, oh, the, obviously. Yeah, they got the Willis jeans. <laughs> those are, those are Willis's. Um, but yeah, so, you know, was, he's having a great time working with his buddy Carl. He's just moving into this amazing loft with Molly. Oh my God, that apartment. And his whole life is ahead of him. Yeah. But he's even he admits like when so many things are going well, I get worried that like s- something's gonna come and ruin it. Yeah, it's worry shadowing, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, he gets murdered, but mm-hmm. his soul basically stays back, and he's a ghost. And mm-hmm. that's where he meets Whoopi Goldberg, who's uh, a psychic, but she's at first scamming people, but turns out mm-hmm. she really is psychic and she can communicate yeah. with him so he and Whoopi goldberg team up to find out who killed him and save molly turns out spoilers it was carl it was carl carl set him up he was supposed to because um uh patrick is in charge of like some accounts or whatever that uh, carl is laundering money for the mob basically mm-hmm. and he needed some codes that um that only Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze had, had Patrick, he and so boss. yeah and he hired a guy to steal Sam's wallet but instead the guy shoots him and takes the wallet and, and kills and um they, he still doesn't have the codes and uh eventually he's gonna anyway it, it all works out but like I want to say that Tony Goldwyn is so good at playing I think specifically like well, well 
lots of different things. But like this type of character, he is so good mm-hmm. at being like, is smarmy the right word? Like just dudes where you're like, this guy fucking sucked. This evil bitch. This evil motherfucker. Like even in Scandal, you're like, why is she with this dildo? Leave. Olivia, don't do it. Get out of there. But she, but you also get why she doesn't get out of there. Kind of. Because, yeah. you know, he's, as we've stated, a babe. Yeah. and Undeniable babe. Mm-hmm. And a, it's a, clear, a full hottie. It's Good also clear from the jump that he likes Molly and that he's jealous of Sam. He, he's clearly jealous of, like, what they have. Because he's with them all the time. Like, he's... He yeah, has, he is, I think he has keys to their apartment or something or like, yeah, he's he, like their best friend. So basically like, he helps them move in and yeah, stuff like, like yeah. he, if, if anyone here has ever like been really, really close friends with the couple, it's that except he's in love with part of the couple. Yeah. I look as someone who is consistently the friend of the couple, I've never been in this situation. I also don't have, Same. you know, the abs of that body tony goldwyn they said they said guess what bitch you're showing your body and he said you're welcome (laughs) yeah truly truly minute one minute one they're like boys get those tops off and they do (laughs) oh baby also can we talk can we talk (laughs) patrick swayze wakes up (laughs) this is before he is murdered obviously Sorry, I'm loving. And it's my, it's probably my favorite thing that happens in movies and TV, and it because it's insane to me. Which is someone waking up, um, or someone wearing jeans to bed. I'm gonna put yes. on my jeans to fall asleep. What are you? What? What? Why are you wearing jeans in the bed? Why are you wearing jeans to go to bed? Wait, wait, what? Wait, was he actually wearing jeans in the bed or did he wake up and put on jeans? Why did he wake up and put on? Uh, uh, that's weird, too. Yeah. Like it's in weird. Your, in your own house. Like, just you're in your house. Your you're in your house with your like partner. <laughs> Why did you wake up at 2 a.m. and put on jeans? Yeah, valid point. No one will ever know. What? You're no not going outside. Know. You're not going outside. I don't know. I don't it was know. it was the beginning of the '90s. Nothing made sense. Oh God, it was so funny. And that's but anyway, that's what he's wearing during the scene with the yeah. oh man, which is one of the most famous, iconic, my romantic my scenes of all time. Because Demi Moore, she's an artist. She's a potter, and so she's like sitting at her pottery wheel. And it's like very like oh oh, oh. Time. and so he and like sits behind her and like his hands are on her hands and they're doing pottery and like oh oh my so god slowly thank you <laughs> can do so much okay I wrote notes and, and the first more. note that I wrote about this movie was in all caps this is the most sexual thing I have ever seen in my thirty years of life. Whoa, it's very... This it's, had an effect on a lot of people. It's very <laughs> sensual. It's like... It oh, is sensual. Oh, yeah, it's, it's holding oh, hands oh and mo- working with the clay. And you got to get the hanger hands wet to really work the clay. And you got to work together to build a vase or something. I don't know. It's just, you know, whatever. Um, it's sensual. Uh, and it's, it does have the thing yeah. that I don't like, I will say, of like the... Uh, someone just running their hands along someone's abs or their stomach i don't <laughs> like that i don't like it we get that patrick swayze had a bod.com but like yeah rock and bod i this movie really i will say frankly sexualizes the men much more than the ladies demi is wearing comfortable i mean demi looks incredible she looks so beautiful mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. god it's mm-hmm. so and also a crier for all time no one cries she like her so good Ugh. at crying i think so the good. two people that come to mind for like crying at the drop of a hat that i can think of are like her and bryce dallas howard oh bryce can cry yeah uh amy adams is a good crier yes she is a um, good crier yeah, who do we you who do y'all think are good criers? Okay, this let is, us know. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on the social media at Hell No Cast, Twitter and Insta. 
Who do you think are great female criers of Hollywood? When you see someone cry and you're like, oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it doesn't just have to be women. Like, who's no. a great crier? This is an actor who's like, oh, damn. They're crying. Yeah. Um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg plays Oda Mae Brown. And the thing is, she says, like, my mom had the gift. My grandma had the gift. And they said that I had it. But I didn't think I did. And Sam is kind of the first person where she really hears, like, she's really communicating. And after Mm -hmm. Sam talks to her, she's hearing ghosts all the time. It's for real. They're all around her all the time now, which is um, kind of funny. And Whoopi Goldberg is, I just love Whoopi Goldberg so much. And also, what a face. What a beautiful face. Jesus. I love I just she, love Whoopi Goldberg. She really steals the show in this movie. She is so yeah. good. The second she shows up, you're like, oh, it's her movie now. Yeah. It's her movie now. Um, also, Allie, was this before or after Sister Act? This is before. Sister Act was right after this. Oh, I think this is okay. part of the thing that got her Sister Act because Sister Act was originally going to be a vehicle for Bette Midler. The original pitch for Sister Act was Bette Midler is like a songstress and the like, original kind of conceit was like this Jewish woman has to pretend to be a nun. Oh, that's um, funny. I can yeah. see that being funny. And then it didn't quite work out. And they were like, well, we still have this movie. What's a way we could still do this? And they're like, Whoopi Goldberg could be it. Um, and Sister Act is so good. And Sister Act Back in the Habit, also good. Um, yeah. It's great. Cause I, okay, Both are great. Cause Sister I Act know. is so good. Because I saw that there's a scene where, and we'll get to it, where basically... Mm-hmm. They're oh. pulling a fast one on Carl, and they empty the account, the dummy account that he made, and they yeah. have basically Sam has Odame pretend to be Rita Miller, mm-hmm. who is the name on the fake account, and they yeah. withdraw four million dollars so that Carl doesn't have the money, and he has her donate it to charity, and she donates it to a, a group of nuns who that are run, just like, on the street, a homeless shelter. And yeah. so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, is that an Easter egg? But it's not. It's not. Although I was kind of on Oda May's side. I'm like, don't give it to the fucking nuns. The Catholic Church doesn't need more money. Like, I don't think it's going to go to the people they're trying to help. But okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a I mean, aside, maybe that's as, bad, but yeah. as an outsider to the Catholic Church, whenever I see Catholic organizations asking outsiders for money, I'm just like, why? The Vatican has more money than God. <laughs> Yeah, the Vatican's aren't really giving money to people. But we don't need to get into it, but we're not. Our opinions don't reflect the opinions of everybody and whatever. But yeah, like, these are purely as far our as own I, personal opinions. As far as I can tell, neither one of us is a huge fan of the Catholic Church. Um, that's just it. Um, yeah, cue the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song. Anyway. Boom, boom, <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all we can afford. Yeah. I, I already exhausted it by trying to lightly sing the, you know, Righteous Brothers. Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's just so well done. And I think a, a, this a, movie is so good. something that also shows, like, how good the actors are is that mm-hmm. when, like, they're, Patrick Swayze is acting in the room with, like, Tony Goldwyn, Whoopi Goldberg, Demi Moore. And in the first half of the film, when he's, like, figuring out his whole ghost shit, mm-hmm. nobody can see him. Whoopi Goldberg can just hear him. So they're mm-hmm. all acting, and he's acting with them in the same room, trying to get their attention. And to and to be, compl- like, at least for me, like, in exercises mm-hmm. like that, when I did theater, that was always really hard for me when the person was right next to me. So It's so good. It is. And it, the, everyone quality. in it is so good. He is, and it's, this movie is so good at, like, it does a great job of showing you, like, you really feel the dynamics and the relationships between the characters before he dies. So there's a real feeling of loss when he dies. And also, the, the it's so good at showing grief, like the way Demi Moore is having a hard time moving forward. Um, oh, yeah, I have some notes How much she misses him. Um... But something I think is also interesting is like showing how sort of the lost potential of his life because he was sort of just getting started. They were just getting started. They just moved in together. Um, They were 
thinking about maybe getting married, but even showing like he's not quite he's not sure if he's ready to get married. Also, he doesn't ever say I love you back. He just she says I love you. He just says ditto. Yeah, that's like his thing. And right before he gets murdered, she confronts him about it, too. She says, you know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes I need to hear that from you. And he's Mm -hmm. basically like, well, just because I say ditto doesn't mean I don't feel that way for you. And then he gets murdered. Yeah. Like immediately after. Right after. Yeah. And uh, and that's one of the oh. ways that Whoopi Goldberg kind of convinces because he has he has Otome go see Molly. And yeah, in order to warn to con- her that someone's yeah. coming after her. Yes, because and they find yeah. the man who actually killed him. His name is Willie Lopez, and he mm-hmm. tracks him down to his apartment. And then basically he tells Otome. Otome communicates that to Molly. And then before she goes to the police, Molly tells Carl. And mm-hmm. so then Carl goes to Willie Lopez and is like, what the hell? Like, how did how do they know that it was you? Yeah. Like, you got to watch yourself because you're not. I need you to take care of it because this woman knows your name. Um, yeah. And that's also because Sam follows Carl. He finds out that Carl's the reason he got murdered. Mm-hmm. And Benefits um, of being a ghost. Yes. And uh, it's just. Oof. And that's also, yeah, that's part of it was because at one point um, when she's first, when Otome's first talking to Molly, she's like, he says he loves you. And Molly's like, okay, now I know you're full of shit. And then Otome's like, what the hell is ditto? What does that mean? What does that mean? And that's when Molly's like, oh, fuck. Like, what? Uh, But in a better way than what I just did. Demi Moore doesn't do any of that. Yeah. Of course, because she's Demi Moore. But I want to go back to something you said earlier, Allie, about Mm -hmm. how this movie deals with grief so so well. well. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that really struck me was, is that after Sam is murdered, Carl basically steps in and is, like, always going over to their apartment, like, being around Molly, asking her to do this, helping her out with that. And... Like, not a lot of time has elapsed since Sam has died, okay? It's only been, like, at least, like, a week or something. Like, it hasn't been a a long time. Probably a few weeks. um, And the thing is, you don't, based on what we know at that point, before we find out Carl's real deal, it doesn't make, it's not too shocking that he would be there, because he was, it's implied that he was friends with both of them, and he misses Sam, too. Right. But he's also, doing this to help his friend Molly. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not immediate that you're like, oh, this guy's putting the moves on Molly. It's it's at least at the beginning, you're like, oh, he's trying to help out this friend. He's trying to show care and help, help take care of her and look out for his best friend's like partner after he died. It, it's set up so you're like, oh, this guy's not too bad. And then, it, but if you've watched a movie, you know, like, yeah, you've, okay, you've, if you've seen great. any movie, you're like, this guy's a scumbag, obviously. This guy's, I don't, I don't think Tony Goldwyn. I don't know if we can t- trust Tony Goldwyn in this picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but uh, one of the things sorry. is that, like, nobody acknowledges at any point that Molly watched Sam die. Like, he literally <gasps> dies in her arms. Yeah. Nobody oh. acknowledges that. She doesn't even acknowledge it. Which, yeah. which, like, in terms of, like, trauma response makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, one of the things he says to her, because she's, like, she does, there's this, this day where he's asking her to go do something with, like, their friends. And she's, like, I don't really want to. And he goes, you're not the one who died. And she slaps him. Yeah. And, that can, and then she's, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'll go out. Just give me a second. And she leaves with him. And... And that's when, you know, she goes and then Willie Lopez, like, has the key that Tony Goldwyn gave him, comes into the apartment because he's looking for Patrick Swayze's wallet with the the bank codes. And then that's how Swayze finds out where Willie Lopez lives because he follows him, yada, yada, yada. But I thought that that was, I don't know, it just really struck me uh, as like... Like everyone, oh, it's effective. Yeah, it is. It's extremely effective, and it's also very visceral because everyone mm-hmm. deals with grief in their own way. And, mm-hmm. like, I've never watched someone die. I'm sure it's awful. I'm sure it's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I just, like, this is, this is the moment for me when I first saw this movie where I was like, oh, fuck this guy. 
Because if you really, really loved someone and they just watched the love of their life die in their arms, you would not say something like that to them. If you really cared about them, you would let them grieve and be done grieving when they want to be done grieving. Yeah. But it's also hard. This is not to defend Tony Goldwyn's character in this. This This is more of like a slight defense of other people. Like it can also be hard to help a friend who is grieving um and the a lot of times the best thing you can do is to just be there mm-hmm. um well because grieving yeah. takes time yeah and you kn- and there's no set amount of time for when you are going to be done grieving and sometimes you're never done sometimes you just learn to live with the grief especially mm-hmm. if someone that you deeply love passes so like I don't know. The fact that he was like, you're not the one who died really pissed me off. It's a, it's not, it's not the best. It's a great line to have in a movie. Absolutely. And a great scene. But if you're, I don't, I wouldn't recommend saying that to someone. No. Because, um, I mean, just, no, you know, taking, taking a little leap here. Oof. When someone close to you dies, you feel like a piece of you dies. At least that's how yes. I felt. So. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. It's like. It's, what if, what if this was the moment where I was like, can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I super relate. Yeah. For, um, for those who don't know. Um, I never talk about it on yeah, the podcast never, or in my regular life yeah, or no, ever. It's really like a private <laughs> thing. I don't talk about it. <laughs> You're totally alive, mom. <laughs> my super, uh, my my mom that is is alive. I don't want to talk about. I don't even like joking about. Jokes. I'm allowed, okay. I've been given permission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 my God, what have I done? Uh, if I, but yeah, no. If someone like it, it can be hard. I think it is. That sometimes here's the thing: being reminded that you are still alive is sometimes something a reminder that needs that you might need, um, because exactly what you said, like it can feel it does feel like that when you lose someone really close to you, it does feel like you died too, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you do need reminders that you are still living and that you still have, um, possibilities or things that you can or need to do. Um, and that there's still things that are worth moving forward for. I don't know if you're not the one that died is the best way to remind someone of that. Yeah, especially um, when you're like forcing them to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. But I think that's a Ooh. good point, Allie. That was well said. Thank you. Can we talk about how... Sorry, I feel like we're spending so much time talking about how slutty t- Tony Goldwyn is in this, but can what we talk a, about what a dirty how, slut. Can we talk about the slutty way he hits on Molly? <laughs> yes! Oh, honestly, like... And this is wow. after Sam already knows that Carl is the reason he's got murdered, mm-hmm. um, and that he's a slime. Um, Otome, like, um, Molly at this point has gone to the police and talked about Otome. By the way, the cop that she talks to about Otome is Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Root. Love Stephen Root. Shout out to Stephen Root. You want to talk about someone who is... Stephen, if you're listening, I fucking love you, dude. He's great. Someone who consistently shows up ready for business. That sounded creepy. What I meant to say was that he follows the assignment. Exactly. He understands Follows the the assignment. He knows what he's supposed to do when he gets there. And that's always great. Um, And this is no exception. This movie is no exception. But basically there they, um, the police are like, oh, Oda Mae Brown has like been, uh, has a rap sheet of being like a fraud or a con artist. Mm -hmm. And so Molly is at home and feels really bummed and Sam stops by. Um, Is this after he transferred the money or when he's still looking for something for the money um i, I, I forget remember. what the thing is but he's over there being a creep and sam is like what the fuck why are you here you asshole sam's watching all this but he's a ghost so they can't see him yeah so he was basically like freaking out at the computer all day getting harassed by the mob and he goes over he's like hey it's just been a day like can i just like hang out here and have coffee and she's like yeah sure that is something I love is how genuinely scared he seems. Yes. Like he really is. You can tell he's just like a nervous little like 
cowardly yeah nerd. a nervous <laughs> spineless little whelp like which is great um uh but he shows up he's talking to molly and molly tells her about molly tells him about uh how she's really sad um because she went to the cops and they told her about you know like otome's record and she was bummed because she really she feels like she was made a fool of and she's really having a hard time dealing with the grief of losing sam Mm -hmm. and he's like oh hey that's what these people do they prey on vulnerable people and he um he asked for a cup of coffee (laughs) yeah he asked he he asked her for more cream and as she turns around away from him to get more he spills the coffee on his shirt and he's like, oh, no. And he's like, oh, look no. What I, look what I did. Ooh. Starts, he immediately takes off his shirt. And she goes, oh, do you want me to put that in the wash? And he goes, oh, no, it'll dry. Then why did you take your shirt off? Because he's a Put dirty, the shirt in the wash. Put the shirt in the wash. I don't hate it. He's got a oh. rocking body. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, that body don't quit. That body does not quit. That body has not quit. It's working overtime. It's the real star okay? of the show. I mean, ding, ding, dong. Um, <laughs> there's, but he something that made me like, Ugh! is he go? He's like letting her know what is good about her. He's like, you're super talented, and he goes, you're fantastically gorgeous. And I was like, Ugh! yeah, fucking yuck. Goodbye. No, thank you. I don't like it. But that's how um, good this movie is because immediately. Yeah. You're captivated by his performance. Like, this is so like, gross. When you're you're like, get him, this dude out of here. Exactly. As Sorry. soon as he starts putting those moves on her, you're like, stop it. Sir, I object. No, don't. Demi, run. Like, Demi does a great job of also being clearly just like so, so sad mm-hmm. that this is happening. And she's so nice to him. Um, and he and, kisses her. Oh, yeah, he kisses her. Ugh. Gross. Don't. And she's she's obviously, like, confused because her partner is gone. She, Mm -hmm. like, when you you have a partner that you're super in love with and then for whatever reason they're gone, there are certain physical things that you end up missing. And, like, she's in a situation where she's, like, being taken advantage of emotionally. And when you add that layer on top, she's getting what she may need or want physically. She from... probably misses intimacies, exactly. physical intimacies. Thank you. That's the word. The word you said, the I word. Intimacies. Yeah. Physical intimacies. <laughs> she used to have physical intimacies with one Mr. Patrick Swayze, mm. but no longer. Disgusting. Now, Tony Goldwyn's moving in. <laughs> What's going to happen? And eventually to me, it's like, oh, um, well, they oh, get interrupted uh, because Patrick Swayze has a fit, and <gasps> his rage allows him to move an object. Yes, and then he goes back because earlier in the movie he sees a ghost, another ghost on a train who can move things physically, like in the physical. He has an effect on the physical world around him, so he goes back to that ghost and he's like, "Teach me how to do that." Yeah, played by Vincent th- Schiavelli, who's like a horror sci-fi icon. Wonderful, wonderful fella. We love um, him. Um, and that guy basically teaches him how to like use his emotion and force and rage and love and uh, feelings to have an effect and move stuff in the physical world. And um, that's how he's able to like type on the computer and send a message to Carl to freak Carl out. And he's able to do other stuff. Um, oh, he moves a penny up the door. Yeah, so that towards, Molly knows towards, it's towards, him. Yeah, and it's very, ugh, very emotional. But basically, what ends up happening is, you know, he now that he knows how to like physically affect the world around him as a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he he ends up protecting Otome because Willie Lopez goes back to kill her, and then Willie, yeah. and then in running away, Willie gets hit by a car and dies. And I thought this scene was really cool, too, because he clearly goes to hell. Yeah, and okay. Because <laughs> yeah. we see before, like, there's a bright, shining light when you die that's supposed to, like, if you go to it, it kind of carries you up to, like, what we assume is heaven. Mm-hmm. And there's another thing. There, there's a moment where a ghost is like, oh, I'm glad 
you know, it wasn't the other guys because they, they could have shown up too. And Patrick Swayze is like, who the hell are the other guys? But there are these like shadowy figures that come and get Willie Lopez. Really spooky. And they make they have these dis- the horrifying voices. They're like, ah! like they're horrible. And they kind of tear at you as they carry you away to what we assume is like hell. Um, and uh, they go and get Willie. And then later, they also get... Do we spoil that now? Yeah, or do we... spoil it, baby! Tony Goldwyn dies. He is running around. He's trying to get the money back from... He realizes that Sam um, is a ghost. He's like, oh shit. Sam is around just fucking with me and he's like Sam if you 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 and Oda better give me that money back or I'm gonna kill Molly so he's running around and there's a big chase scene where he like chases Molly and Oda May and the reason okay and there's like uh because what happens right before is there's this really really lovely moment because Oda May figures out like oh spirits can use my body as a conduit but we mm-hmm. learn from when we see her when she's, like, dealing with her powers is that if a spirit uses her body, the spirit, like, when it gets removed from her body, loses a lot of their energy. And they have to, like, wait and replenish. And that happens to Patrick Swayze. She says, okay, use my body. Like, do it before I change my mind and it gets weird. Sam and Molly have this really lovely, int- <laughs> great moment together (laughs) and then uh he gets out of her body and he can't protect them the way he wants to because he doesn't have that much energy left yeah so that's why carl makes Mm -hmm. it so far threatening and chasing molly and oda may yeah and then eventually sam is able to have more strength to like push him around and knock stuff over and uh somehow Carl like falls kind of through a window and a large piece of glass impales him and he dies and the bad guys like the sinister spooky shadowy creatures come and take him away Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and then the bright light shines again for Sam and then Molly finally is able to see him and hear him and she hasn't been able to do that and they kiss and then he like goes to heaven essentially and uh it was really lovely (laughs) it also is like i do kind of what i do like because like often in movies like this Mm -hmm. or at least these days i feel like the obvious choice would be to have him figure out a way to like come back to life (gasps) yeah and be with molly and Mm -hmm. i i do like that the consequences and the stakes are real. Like, no, he's dead. He's, he's full, dead. Full on dead. Full he blown died. dead. And he so died. He yeah. finishes his unfinished business and mm-hmm. then moves on. And then presumably Molly and Oda May move on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. And I, uh, there is that great moment where he says, I love you. And she says, ditto. And you're like, oh, oh my heart. They, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but you're right. I do like that. No, he's dead. But they do. There is still closure for them. And there is still, like, possibility for the other characters. Like, Oda May now has this whole, like. I, I guess a purpose. Like, instead of yeah, being it's like a grifter, a... she actually has. She's burdened with glorious purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what Loki says. Double checking. I was like, is this the Avengers? Um, uh, and Molly is able, now that she's had this closure, she's probably able to move on better than she was before. Um, well, I mean... I, I mean, it's still going to be hard. There's yeah. still grief. Well, but it's putting not... Putting myself... Sorry, yeah. you go, you no, go. No, you go. Tell me. Okay. Putting well, yourself where? I was putting myself... You're, in- you're Demi Moore. Exactly. Okay? I was putting myself in her shoes, right? Like, also because, like, <laughs> I had a long-term relationship that ended suddenly. Not because of death. Everyone's fine. <laughs> but, like, thinking... I'm trying to put myself in her shoes, or I did when I was watching it, in the sense that, like, okay, let's say that, like, I was moving in with someone that I loved with all my heart and he couldn't physically tell me I love you back 
or he wouldn't tell it to me unless I said it first. Mm-hmm. And even when I said it first, he would just say, oh, same or oh, ditto. Like, there's always a level of, like, negative self-talk when you're grieving for anything because that's just how people process grief, or at least in my experience. And, like, I thought it was really – I really liked that aspect of the closure, and I thought it was actually quite beautiful that he's able to tell her that he loves her and that she gets that closure. Because if it were me, I would always wonder, like, okay, but did he really love me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And also, and that's the some, opportunity yeah. to Han Solo someone, I relish it. Oh, yeah. I love you. I know. Ugh. That's wild. Mm. That's wild that he said that to her. I mean, I don't hate it. Well, it is. It's, it's badass. But if someone did that to me, I would be mad. Well, if it were the um, first, if it were the first time I was saying that, yeah, I'd be pretty mad, too. <laughs> I'd be like, it's over. No, I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't love that. Um, <laughs> okay, let's just let's that. just role play that scenario for a second, okay? I'll be. Wait, are you Han? Yeah. Or okay. I love you. I know. <sighs> I did not like that. <laughs> I did not like it. I'm. You know what? I'm glad you're going at carbonite, bitch. <laughs> Have a good sleep. Have a good sleep. <laughs> I'm not coming to cut you out. I'm not coming to cut you out. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Good. Great job, babe. That was so good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, God, this movie is so good. God, I love, I just love Whoopi Goldberg. She's so great. She was so good. I love Whoopi Goldberg. I love her. She's so good. She's because like this is because like it, while it's well written it also feels like it almost is like made for her because I don't know that I could picture another pr- I mean I'm sure that if they found someone else it would have been fine but like can you really picture someone besides Whoopi Goldberg having this same like she someone who's able to hit those comedy beats while still having a level of like earnestness and gravity and like real emotion at the same time? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Yeah. I not don't... right. Not in like 1990. I mean, who knows? Whatever. But like, this is great. She's great. Um, uh, I did also Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze was a phenomenal leading man who was able to have a specific level of like masculinity that wasn't super gross yeah talk about a graceful hunk that's patrick swayze Uh, also he was he was 38 when he made this movie what yeah he was 38 demi moore was 28 and Whoopi goldberg was 35 wait demi was 28 Mm -hmm. oh my god because this movie came out in 1990 Oh, shit. oh yeah, because Patrick Swayze was the same age as my mom, and they died within like a month of each other. Oh my god! Yeah, so like a month before my mom died of cancer, Patrick Swayze died of cancer. This is not a fun podcast thing, but um, I don't know why I'm telling. It was just something I remembered because it was a lot of people being like, "Guys, Patrick Swayze died," and then a month later, my mom died of similar circumstances, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well." Oof. What if they're hanging out? <laughs> your mom would be so happy. Can you imagine how happy your mom would be to spend time with Patrick Swayze? I mean, she'd have the time of her life. Hey! Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, cue the beginning of CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, they, they, I don't think they're hanging out. No. I think they have other stuff that they're doing. Well, they're busy. They're both busy. They both um, have shit to do. But I will say, I agree busy. with you. I think Patrick Swayze, like, everyone knows him from Dirty Dancing. But, like, it's, or, uh, another it's, film. it's something that I don't, I haven't identified this in any, like, modern leading man. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just because I'm not looking in the right places. But, like. Patrick Swayze to me has he has something that like Fred Astaire had right which is Mm -hmm. this clear role as like a man and like Mm -hmm. that gender role and you know 
they're handsome, they're charismatic, they're good actors. People, you know, guys want to be them, women want to be with them type thing. But they're also Mm -hmm. so graceful and poised. And that's, Mm -hmm. and they have a physicality that I don't see very much anymore. And I would even say Gene Kelly has it too, but Gene Kelly was famously a douche. So, um, Gene Kelly, not a nice man. Incredible dancer, not a nice man. Incredible dancer, incredibly talented, not a nice guy. Yeah. Um, um, but like was Fred Astaire in it? Whatever, we don't know. Fred Astaire was uh, fine. Fred Astaire but I would was agree. I I would agree. Like he had a level of kind of grace. I think it was because he was a dancer, but he had a level of grace. But he was and a specific kind of like uh, masculinity and almost a way to portray like um, I don't know regular dudes. Yeah, but not regular dudes. I I'm, I'm do I is blue collar the right term? Like. He seems like a guy, like, if you were like, oh, he rides horses or, like, grew up in, like, a rougher part of whatever, you'd buy it. Um, well, isn't he from Texas? I think so. And he was so charismatic. He's so fucking charismatic. If it, again. And, like, a genuinely kind man. He seems like a good dude. And, like, in Point Break, I know we're not talking about Point Break, but... We gotta talk about Point Break. Yeah, baby. He is phenomenal, and he's able to play Bodie as a guy who, like, it makes sense that everyone's following Bodie, but he is also like Bodie's also kind of an asshole. Like, well, he's really like super hyper spiritual. Yeah, he's like super spiritual, but he's also like, but we're robbing banks and shooting at people. Um, he but he's so good, and he makes you believe. In what he's saying, you're like, oh man, that does that does make sense. What he's saying, um, yeah. The way he says, me and Tyler, we shared time. We shared time. That is a romantic phrase, frankly. Yeah. We shared time. That's beautiful. I mean, listen, we're not talking about Point Break. Well, right we now, could go on the Point Break train because I do sincerely oh believe God, that Bodhi is a cult so leader. Like how like how else would he be able to inspire such loyalty from the other guys in his surfer game? He's so charismatic and he's so earnest um, in what he's saying. Like he, you fully are like, oh, he believes what he's saying, and I believe what he's saying mm-hmm. now. Um, like uh, th- when he talks about surfing, it's like it's the place where you lose yourself and you find yourself. You know? And it's. It's oh, it's so good, and that's part of why he and Johnny connect, because they have that similar desire for an adrenaline rush. But it's it's more than that. It's like a higher level for both of them. God, Point Break is like the best love story of the past forty. No, I I don't. <laughs> wanna... It is great. <sighs> it is great. It's uh, the past thirty years. It's Point Break and nothing else, motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, I love like pa- so much. Patrick Swayze, oh, so, good. so good, and just anyway. like I just I can't get over like whenever I see him in a movie, I'm I'm just starstruck. Like yeah, he's got such a presence and like yeah. such star power. Like even in even in like Roadhouse, I was gonna say like Roadhouse shouldn't work. Roadhouse no, should not work, but it does. He makes it work. He delivers those lines, and you're like, yeah, he's right. Pain don't hurt. It does, by definition. <laughs> yeah, he says it, and you're like, oh, man, okay. Yeah. He's like, I'm a cooler. You're like, obviously, because that's a thing yep. that exists yep. for real. Yep. <laughs> and can I, can I just say that Patrick Swayze wears the hell out of a mullet? Oh, my God. Beautiful. Nobody Beautiful does a mullet hair. like Patrick Swayze. Beautiful hair. Beautiful. Even hair. in this movie, what volume? What swoop? The volume of the hair. Oof. Oh. Oof, my goof. Oh my god. If I had Beautiful. hair that short, I would want it to look like that. You would look great with that, babe. Thank you. I think you could pull that off. Well, don't tempt me. <laughs> okay. I'm in no place to tell someone what to do with their hair because I buzzed my head. And do I regret it? A little bit. <laughs> but. Um. I don't really have a choice because it, it's just gonna grow out, so it's it's fine. It'll in like grow. A few months, it'll it'll be fine. And you also like, like I, in my opinion, and 
the best haircut you ever had was your short hair. Thank you. Oh, no, I'm down for a short haircut. I just went a little hardcore. I went shorter than we normally go. You Natalie portman yourself. I Natalie portman myself, which made me feel very powerful. Good. But However, I am not Natalie Portman. Um, None of us are. None of us are. Natalie Portman? Be honest. Would you fuck that girl? I okay. I wonder how many episodes of this podcast have we made a black swan reference in? How, how many, many episodes? How many? Have, how many episodes have our listeners had to hear me do a frankly disrespectful Vincent Cassell impression? <laughs> Vinny C is not going to love it, you know. Vincent, if you're listening, I feel like he's not. Vincent, if you're listening. We apologize if this offends your French sensibility, but we do both love you. Oh my god, I love you so much, Vincent Cassel. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't even care. We were talking about Patrick Swayze. Um. Demi Moore in this movie is so good. Incredible. So good. She was twenty-eight. Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh. younger than both of us. <sighs> wow. Disrespectful. Great. Good for you, Jimmy. Um, Can we also take a moment to, like, acknowledge that she still got it? Oh, my God. She looks amazing. Like, and can you also believe that Charlie's Angels 2 was, like, 10 years ago? No. Just over 15 years ago. What? Yeah, that was 2003. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was never good. I was great. Oh my God. That's so, and she's crying. She has the gun. And that later scene where she like, coat. where she like oh. licks Cameron Diaz's face. That, oh that did God. something to me. That but awoke, but that, it awoke something. Yeah. The 2000s Charlie's Angels films are, I think a good litmus test of like, are you a little gay? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a little gay, but, you know, sometimes you watch those. Yeah, sometimes you see something and you're and like, you're, you're like, oh, huh. huh. Sometimes, well, sometimes you're, yeah. sometimes you're nine and Drew Barrymore looks a steering wheel and you think, I want to be that. <laughs> and then you think, it, meaning Drew want to be Drew Barrymore in that instance. Yeah. But then sometimes you're like, hmm. I think there might be more to that, but we don't have time. We don't have time to unpack all of that. Yeah, sometimes you're nine and you're like, who's that creepy thin man? Yeah. I bet he's got some great stories. I want him to hold my hand. Truly living for the fact that you're like, Crispin Glover is my kind of dude. I love, I still love creepy thin man. And I do love Crispin Glover. Oh, you want to know uh, a fun fact about Crispin Glover? Yes. So he apparently has like a big beef with um, Robert Zemeckis, I believe it is, from Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, with how the first Back to the Future ended. Because, oh, cause, right? Because basically, like, you know, we love Back to the Future. We stand Michael J. Fox, love him, short king. But, um, a true short king. Yeah, a true ass little short king. Short king of our generation, of the world, really. I mean, not our, I think he's a little above our generation, but a bit. Oh, I always whatever. think of him as our generation because I grew up watching those movies, but you're right. But, like, technically, he's like our parents' generation. Anyway, continue. Fair, I'm sorry, yeah, though. I'll allow it. Um, but, <laughs> right, so think about Back to the Future, right? The end of Back to the Future, everything in Marty's life is quote unquote improved because of him basically doing what he did and you know reminding his parents why they love each other blah 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 and so he wakes up back in in 1985 and like his dad's a successful author they have money he has a car Biff is working for them and Crispin Glover had a really big problem with that because he essentially was like hey like the moral of this story shouldn't be that like money and things and essentially capitalism will make this family better the point of it is that the parents love each other 
and yeah. that what's very clear at the beginning of the film is that they don't love each other and the whole family is suffering from the toxicity of that relationship so yeah. he has a, he had a big beef with that which is uh why uh he wasn't necessarily in many he wasn't in a lot of the rest of them like there's yeah he wasn't in the third one at all no um and the second one it's like barely not him or something it's like one shot of him and then any other time you see him it's like from the back right it's a different it's a stand-in right right? yeah because he had a big problem with that which is like i mean shout out to crispin glover for sticking up for for what you believe in but also i am like very attracted to, to him I don't I know why, it, and not you. and not as George McFly as the creepy thin man. I get that for you. Um, Am I attracted you know to he... creeps? I don't. Uh... We don't have time to unpack all that. In the words of John Mulaney, but I don't think you're attracted to creeps. I think you are attracted to a specific type of man. Well, yeah, like we love um, we love a socially like, awkward nerd. We also love, love we love like a gorilla juice head. And I've dated. That is the real twist. Yeah, right. <laughs> that you're down for a gorilla juice head. Well, the funny um, thing is, the one gorilla juice head I I like was with was actually deep down inside a socially awkward nerd. Mm-hmm. So, something ding I love dong, about, <laughs> ding dong. Uh, something I do think is interesting about Crispin Glover. The reason why he has no lines in Charlotte's Angels is because he didn't like any of them. Yes. He said, I don't, I don't like any of this. This is terrible. I'm not going to say any of this. And they were like, okay. And it just decided works. that when he does speak, it's just screaming. He just screams. <laughs> he just screams. <laughs> Which, it works. It really it works. works. It shouldn't work, but it does. It, it, it works. It's great. It's delightful. I mean, the real one where I think we both agree regarding, I will, and we'll get back to Ghost, but the real one where we both agree regarding Charlie's Angels this is the one where I know we're both on this on board for is Sam Rockwell. Oh, that scene where he's drinking the can of Coca-Cola, smoking a cigarette and dancing uh, changed America. Um, um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, um, and, and, and when, when you, when, when, when you, when you, when, when you, when, when you, when, when, when? <laughs> <laughs> should we get back to talking about ghosts? Yeah, um, yeah, we should. We should. Melanie, I have a question for you. Yes. Was this movie romantic? Yes. This movie was very romantic. I think it was extremely romantic. This movie was so romantic. This movie was so romantic that I felt kind of lonely. <laughs> Same. I was like, damn. I was just watching it in my apartment and like, oh, maybe I should start doing pottery. <laughs> Sorry for laughing. No, laugh. I'm funny. <laughs> 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 um, Allie, did you think this movie was sexy? Yeah. No, this is a sexy movie. This is absolutely a sexy this movie. This is a sexy movie. Anyone, this is a sexy movie. Yeah, anyone who thinks this movie isn't sexy, you're just wrong. You're straight I, up wrong. I, I will say it did make me feel a little uncomfortable. Like, the the pottery scene did make me a little... Like, I because I'm who I am, I, I'm alone in my apartment. I'm watching it kind of through my fingers, like... Uh, um, okay. Uh, no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, because mm-hmm. it was like so intimate that I was like, um, oh, all right, no, okay, good for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, um, okay. but no, it's it's a sexy movie. Um, it's the real scene sexy. where Oda May is letting Sam use her, her body to like touch Molly again. Ooh. Oh my god, romantic and sexy, yeah, um, and sad. Oh, so sad. He died, you guys. I don't know what accent that was. Um, no. But he is dead. Um, it was very sexy. I mean, do we do fuck Mary Kill? Yeah, we should do fuck Mary Kill. Do you have one, my dear? Mm, I mean, I guess we should do Sam, Molly, Carl. Fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. The problem is we're gonna kill Carl because he's bad. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would fuck Molly and I would marry Sam if he were alive. 
I feel like that's I think the play. I might I think I might do the same. I think I might do the same. Yeah. Um, I feel like Whoopi awesome. Goldberg transcends the question. We would marry her and we would do everything with Molly. With uh, sorry, we were saying Molly. So hold on, let me start that again. We would we would marry Whoopi Goldberg in a heartbeat. Like, I don't want to speak for you, but not even I feel like didn't that's what we're assuming. Did, wasn't she quoted as saying like I don't want to well, marry someone marry because I don't no, want yeah, someone, I don't want her. someone in my house. That was it, and it's iconic and it's incredible. I don't want someone in my house. We wouldn't marry her, but we would. Whatever she was like, hey, this is what I'm comfortable with, we would party with her. Yeah, which is obviously being our best friend. Yes, we want that. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Whoopi, we love you. Yeah. Whoopi, Um, Whoopi, if you're listening, you did a great job. I know you know, but we want you to know, too. We love you. The impact you had on my childhood, Whoopi, um, was so big, and I loved you, and... um, there was a period of time as a child where, like, if Whoopi Goldberg was on the box of a video at Blockbuster, I asked if we could rent it. <laughs> and sometimes uh, we could, and sometimes we couldn't. Yeah, but that, that is how sense. I got, and that is how I saw Theodore Rex, which I know she would not be happy about. But as a child, I loved it. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh my God, Melanie. It's set in the future. She tried to get out of it. It was like part of a contractual thing, and she tried to get out of it and then wasn't able to get out of it. It is a film set in the future where Whoopi Goldberg is a cop and her partner is a um, walking, talking dinosaur. No. No. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Absolutely, yes. Do they have a how did this get made about that? Yes, they do. Okay. (laughs) That sounds like something they would watch on How Did This Get Made. And it's, I, as a child, I was like, well, this is very fun. Um, it sounds like it's in the same wheelhouse as Pluto Nash. I, I think, I, I, my guess is that it's probably better than Pluto Nash. Oh, no. I would recommend it. I don't know. I haven't seen it since I was five. So Got it. Okay. It may not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> But as a child, I was like, this is like a mix of dinosaurs, but with Whoopi Goldberg. So everything I've ever wanted. Um, that that checks out. That checks out. That's yeah. on brand. That feels right. Um, but yeah, we would... Look, we have to kill Carl because he's evil. Yeah, we but have to kill Carl. We're not saying that he's not a babe. A dish, a babe, a hunk, and a stud. We're not saying that he's not those things. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of how to abbreviate that. DBS. No, Dish Babe Hunk Stud. DBHS. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably just to- easier to say a Dish Babe Hunk and a Stud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you know he was the voice of Tarzan in the Phil Collins Tarzan? Yeah, like the four words that Tarzan has. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Jane stay and we're like oh my god <laughs> well um okay okay i guess i guess i'll i guess i'll stay in, with you i guess i'll just live in the jungle with you um <laughs> um i i was gonna go back to england but actually you made a great case and i am gonna live with you in a bunch of gorillas so yeah can you um, imagine being so hot that just you asking someone to stay convinces them to live a completely inconvenient life. Yeah, I mean, it's implied that they are in love. That's why she stays. But also, it's never clear why they can't come back. Well, they can. I think in the original story, he goes back to England with her. Yeah, but like in the movie, she's like, I'm leaving for England and we can't come back. Why? I don't Jane, know. why? Who knows? Oh, and and that soundtrack goes so hard. I know Phil <sighs> Collins didn't have to go that hard, but he did. He did. He. Oh, it's so good. And same with Elton John, and The Lion King. <sighs> so good. Like they really thought about the greater good. They said this is a gift for the people. Yeah, they said this is bigger than this is bigger than me. This is more than you or I. This is. You know. It's a circle of life, baby. Mm-hmm. Two worlds, one family. <laughs> um, 
so Melanie, uh, would you recommend Ghost? Yeah, uh, ten thousand percent. Go watch I, Ghost. This movie is so good. Watch this. It felt this is what we needed after watching, and like, yeah, obviously Ugh. we're watching Twilight and enjoy some aspect of it. Otherwise, why we why would we be doing it? But like, it really does feel good to watch a legitimate romantic movie, like something where you're like, oh, everyone wanted to be here. <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds terrible, but um you know what I mean. Um No, yeah. Like it's it's nice watching a movie about a love story that doesn't bum you out because people are being awful to each other. Yeah. It's not like abusive. Yeah. The, finally. Fucking finally. It's, it's mainly good people with like one or two bad people. Um And everyone gets their just desserts except for Sam who shouldn't have been murdered in the first place. He should not have been murdered. He shouldn't have. Nope. Um, well, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. If you enjoyed this, let us know. We want to hear what you think about Patrick Swayze. Who's a hunkier hunk? Swayze or Goldwyn? Oh, man. I could... Oh, oh my God. I can't even... Impossible Oh, no! Yeah, impossible. Oh, man. Who's... That's like... Like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> and what are you even asking me to, <laughs> to choose? Listen, and if you can't choose, tell us that too. Um, but definitely yes. hit us up on the social media mm-hmm. at, at HellNoCast Hell no on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is HellNoCast.com. And you can also listen to other fine episodes of our pod. And we post weekly on Fridays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has been You Have Me at Hell No. I have been Allie. And I've been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely at our homes in front of our pets, Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I would like to say congratulations to Tiffer on the birth of his daughter, as well as a big thank you to Lucille Petty and Bella Vanek for writing our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille.